This is CBS News Bay Area with Juliet Goodrich. Thanks for joining us. Let's get to a bizarre twist. It happened in that deadly home explosion in San Francisco's Sunset District. It prompted an hours-long hazmat response in another city. So this box truck was actually stopped near the Daly City BART station for most of the day. You can see it right there. After some sort of cylinder started to hiss in the cargo hold. Okay, so it turns out that truck was actually hauling canisters, appliances, and other potential evidence from the home that exploded on 22nd Street near Noriega yesterday. The hazmat response briefly shut down BART service through the area as a robot was sent in to check things out and sample the air around the truck. Investigators will not say what the hazardous substance was or what role it may have played in the blast that killed one person, badly burned another, destroyed one home, and seriously damaged the houses on either side. Our Wilson Walker got this new video inside one of those burned out homes today and spoke with residents who are just shell-shocked. Those tanks absolutely the topic of conversation on this street where neighbors are still patching things up or having to leave their homes indefinitely. The firemen were able to take me to the back of the house downstairs to grab the coats. Karen Lay lives in the house right next door to the explosion. She and her family had a brief amount of time to collect personal items from the shattered home. They do not know when they'll be able to come back. I, I guess you need to see it, but it's, it's rat tag, so for sure it's, it's, it, the house is, is, is in a bad shape that not livable anymore. Up and down the street, neighbors were cleaning up glass, boarding up windows, trying to figure out what to do with doors that no longer work. Pretty much this entire piece from the lock, you can see it actually moves in here. And at the site of the blast, the investigation continues. Crews pushed deeper into the property as neighbors looked on and talked amongst themselves about what might have happened here. So we, we are hearing the rumors just like you're hearing the rumors. What's important for us is to look at the facts. Everybody saw the tanks coming out of the house. This is definitely something that's unusual to see come out of an actual residential structure fire of any fire in any location. But it doesn't necessarily mean that these are components to the cause of this fire. They are components of this incident, which is why our investigators are taking those and looking at those to determine if they contributed to the fire incident here at 1734 22nd Avenue. The damage really does get worse as you get closer to the blast site. And for people right here, there is going to be a lot of repair work to be done. And you get the feeling that those affected are very much ready to hear some answers on what caused all of this. Wilson, thank you. The suspect in the Half Moon Bay massacre appeared to break down in court at a hearing to determine how much the public should know about his case. Our Ann Makovic is in the newsroom with more details. Ann. Yeah, and the purpose of that hearing was for the judge to consider a gag order and other media restrictions in this case. But today, our cameras were there as the accused killer, Chun Li Zhao, sat in the courtroom in his orange jumpsuit and appeared to sob at times, grabbing a tissue to dab his eyes there. And at one point, the judge allowed for a break in the proceedings, then ruled in favor of the defense motion to restrict remote access to court 
records related to the case and impose a gag order barring attorneys from speaking to the press. Since the shooting, the DA has confirmed that Zhao told investigators he was angry over being asked to pay $100 to cover the cost of the damage to a forklift. Zhao is being held on seven counts of murder and one of attempted murder for the January 23rd shooting spree that targeted his co-workers at two Half Moon Bay mushroom farms. Zhao has yet to be formally charged or enter a plea. He is said to do that next Thursday. As for what we'll be able to report from that proceeding, Juliet, stay tuned. It's a tough one all around. All right, and thank you. This week, old. the city of Half Moon Bay established a co-site victims fund to help support victims person. of the rampage. All proceeds will go toward those affected, and you can visit the website at cosidevictimsfund.org. All right, other headlines. Around the Bay Area, barricades now up in a San Francisco neighborhood as part of an experiment, actually, to stop prostitution. The barriers went up on Cap Street between 19th and 23rd Streets earlier today, and the plan is to have them up 24-7 indefinitely while the city assesses how well they work. Neighbors have complained about rampant prostitution in the area. Supervisor Hillary Ronan, who represents the area, says she is monitoring to see if sex workers move to other streets now. Under the North Bay, where a smart train hit a sedan on the tracks in Novato, killing the driver. The train was heading southbound with 28 passengers on board. When it happened late this morning, no one on the train was hurt. And police in San Jose are investigating the city's third pedestrian fatality in the past five days. The victim was hit just after 5.30 this morning, not far from the Milpitas BART station. She later died at the hospital. The driver took off and is still on the run. Alameda County has opened up a pair of disaster recovery centers for people dealing with damage from last month's storms. You know, more than a dozen local, state, and federal agencies are on hand to help and to connect people with the resources that they need. It's everything from compensation for displacement to help with child care or even transportation. You'll get basically handheld assistance in navigating through the application process. Whatever questions you have, they can get answered here today, and you will walk away with some understanding of where you stand. The centers in Oakland and Dublin will be open daily for the next two weeks. All right, the clouds were rolling in as the sun set over San Francisco this evening. Look at that. So, what is in those clouds? Chief Meteorologist Paul Hagan's tracking a potentially wet start to the weekend, and here he is now. Hagen. Yeah, some scattered showers. No worries about a return to the stormy weather pattern that we had in January. The next few rain chances are just going to be enough to maybe water your plants, wash some pollen and some dust out of the atmosphere. That's going to be about it. We have seen a few showers already. They've produced trace amounts of rainfall. The bulk of the action is still farther up the coast. You can see the swirl here. That's the heart of the storm system, but it's on a path where it just doesn't have much moisture to work with. It's making the best of what it has. So we are going to see increasing rain chances as we head through the rest of tonight. Most of the rain north of the Golden Gate is going to fall before the sun comes up tomorrow morning. Rain chances arrive just a little bit later around San Francisco and Oakland and linger a little bit longer. I think we'll start off with at least scattered showers on Saturday morning. But even that activity is going to diminish as we head towards midday. We should be drying out tomorrow afternoon. We'll track it all with Futurecast in just a few minutes. All right, Paul, thank you. Well, San Francisco's rideshare giants are traveling in very different directions tonight. Let me explain. Lyft stock drove off a cliff today. The company's value plunged by more than 36% after it announced its projected first quarter earnings would fall far short of expectations. 
The mood, a whole lot different across town at Uber. The company says it just had its strongest quarter ever, with fourth quarter revenue of $8.6 billion. So that's up 49% from the same period in 2021. Uber cites increased ridership as people resume travel and in-office work. To me, it's one of the very interesting stories in text because, as I say, it wasn't too long ago that, frankly, Uber was seen to be on the ropes. Now it's really coming back strongly. So despite those strong numbers, Uber's stock price dipped significantly today. It was down nearly 4.5%. Well, San Francisco is saying goodbye to the man known as the mayor of Bayview Hunters Point. Charlie Walker died late last month at the age of 89. Today, friends and family and admirers, they turned out to pay their respects to this Bay Area trailblazer. And after funeral services at Third Baptist Church, a procession was held, starting at Gilman Park, winding its way through the streets of the city. Among his many accomplishments, Walker led a massive effort to clean up Stinson Beach after an oil spill. He also became a successful entrepreneur and fought racial discrimination in the construction industry. Today, his granddaughter spoke about why his influence stretched far beyond the Bay Area's black community. And to see your community come out in this fashion uh, to support you, and not even just the black community. When you fight for minority contracting, you're fighting for all people of color, the Asian community, Latino community. If it wasn't for him chaining up those trucks uh, at BART sites and all of that, like a lot of people wouldn't have this, the public contracts that they have for him. So it's honored to, um, as we prepare to send him home the right way, not, not only this way, but the right way, um, it's just a glorious occasion. The celebration of Charlie Walker's life continues later tonight with a cocktail reception at Cafe Envy starting at 8 o'clock tonight. A Bay Area lawmaker is trying to make sure victims of the Kincaid fire get to keep every single penny of their settlement money from PG&E. Senator Mike McGuire of San Rafael has introduced a bill that would eliminate state taxes on those payouts. A faulty PG&E transmission line sparked the 2019 fire that destroyed 174 homes in and around Santa Rosa. The utility estimates it's liable for up to $800 million in personal damage claims, but the settlement case is still wrapped up in court. And after a decade of planning and construction, Highway 17 now has its first ever wildlife crossing. UC Santa Cruz has been tracking local mountain lions for years and selected a portion of Highway 17 off of Laurel Road as the most ideal spot for this project. So Land Trust of Santa Cruz County purchased 700 acres of private property to convince Caltrans to build the crossing. So the area now has a half mile of fencing and a low voltage barrier to funnel animals through the underpass. Spectacular new images of the sun. Now these are actually images from several different telescopes laid over each other. The hope is that they will help scientists figure out one of the enduring mysteries about the center of our solar system. Why the sun's outer atmosphere is about 100 times hotter than its surface. An artist spreading the love on her street ahead of Valentine's Day. So she wants as many people as possible to stop by and visit her interactive exhibit. Eve DeLay, she actually built the display out of trash and recycled materials at her home on Santa Clara Avenue near 5th Street. So people can come by to take a photo or make their own conversation heart and add it to the installation. I'm not so much into the Hallmark end of it. I just really love the idea of love. And I think it's in all its forms... Um, you know, whether that's queer love or loving our pets, you know, just love unites humans and creatures in the world. 
I love her outfit. Delay says her favorite thing about art is its ability to make other people happy. Sounds good to me. All right, we want to thank you for watching. The news continues streaming on CBS News Bay Area. We'll see you back here at 11 o'clock. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for joining us.